This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Lana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. You guys, I'm sitting here cracking up, but um, I am having a day. I, first of all, I went to a Jonas Brothers like private show last night and it was at Madison Square Garden. It was like 2000 people total and it was the coolest experience ever and like Jake was there and Christina was there and Sass was there it was like my like my best Jonas friends and, and friends and like people were there and it was like truly like my happy place and it was so special and such an amazing night so I'm very tired from that a little bit hungover and I had people over before we had some snacks and stuff cleaned up for the most part like super cleaned up maybe there were some crumbs but um I also did a huge deep cleaning of my apartment two days ago Anywho, I'm sitting at my kitchen table about an hour ago, and I look down, and about two inches from my bare foot was the biggest cockroach I've ever seen in my life. Ever. And I, I've always thought that, like, I'm not that afraid of cockroaches. You know, I did a summer program at UPenn once, and, you know, anyone who's had experience with Philly um, or Penn knows that cockroaches are, they are a a fact of the area there and they were like 
I remember this was in high school, but they were like in the the shower in the corner of the shower, they'd be there like on the kit on the bathroom sink and stuff. And, you know, it was all like shared common space. So it never really impacted me that much. I would just like, like, ew, like, haha, weird, whatever. But like, it didn't bother me like spiders. Those really bother me. Um, that's a story for another time because me and Jake are both absolutely terrified of spiders and it's probably going to cause a lot of issues in our relationship someday but we'll cross that bridge when we get there um but i've never had a cockroach in my actual like living space i've gotten very lucky in all of my apartments there have never really been bugs at all and i'm so grateful for that because any bug is a problem for me um but i saw this thing i kid you not it was massive like i'm looking at my phone And it was like almost the size of my phone. No, that's an exaggeration. It was probably half the size of my iPhone. Um, Bigger than my AirPods case. I'm trying to think. I don't know if you guys want to hear about this. I'll stop getting into detail in case anyone's really afraid. But um, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I called my neighbor, Sammy. And um, Sammy currently has COVID. And I'm like, what do I do? And she's like trying to tell me what to do. I'm like, no, like I'm not doing it like you have to come right now like just put a mask on I don't care get over here and um shout out Sammy I owe you my life you literally saved it um she comes in with like exactly what to do gets this cockroach and throws it over my balcony and it I've like been shaking ever since um my mom always has said where there's one there's more I have been looking around my apartment. I don't see anymore, but now I'm like terrified to like walk on this floor. I'm currently like sitting at my high top table and chairs. I've never recorded in this place in my life um, in this area of my apartment, but I'm like, well, it's the furthest I can be from the ground. So anyways, that's what's going on today. Very overwhelmed, feeling all sorts of emotions right now. Um, But this is a really, really exciting episode. There's something I wanted to talk about in this intro, something that happened last night, um, actually with Sammy, who saved my life. But I end up mentioning it in the episode. It's hilarious. It's in like five minutes, you'll hear it. Um, This is such an amazing episode. I'm so excited about this guest. I'm so excited about this topic. Um, Erica Etten, she is a dating coach. She goes by at A Little Nudge. Um, Her company is called A Little Nudge. And she is so smart. She's been doing this for so long. She has so much advice and wisdom and expertise. And I have wanted to do an episode about texting for so long now. And she was just the perfect person to do it with. And I know that texting is such a big part of dating in 2022 in just modern dating in general. It's like texting is half of dating at this point. And so there's so many ins and outs and and ups and downs that come with texting. And so I really wanted to talk about it with somebody who has a lot of expertise and has seen every situation a million times over. And I just love Erica. I love all of her content. Um, She and I connected because we were just like big fans of each other's content. And I've been like watching her stuff for so long and looking at her posts and being like, like, Oh my God, like I've had so many like reactions to all of her posts. She's just so good at what she does. And some of the stuff she posts like blows my mind, like just these dating situations. But I know that they're so real and relatable and they happen all the time to everyone. So really excited to have Erica on. Let's get into it. Don't forget if you have not yet subscribed, 
or followed the show on Apple and Spotify, please do. If you have not yet given a five-star rating and review, it helps so much. If you have not yet shared the podcast with a friend, I know you have a friend or a cousin or a coworker who would benefit from hearing it or even a whole group chat. That is the truly like the best thing you can do to help me, you know, continue the show and to help support and to help get the show out there to more people. It means the world to me when you guys do that. And if you ever love it, share it on your Instagram story. You know, that's like, that's like the cherry on top. When I see people do that, it really like warms my heart. Um, and I just appreciate it so much. So let's get into it. If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time. Don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, for me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. All right. And we are here, Erica Etten, aka A Little Nudge. Welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you. I feel like this has been a long time coming. It has been. It's so funny. I remember like we were DMing and it was like, wait a second, like how has this not happened yet? I have no idea. I I, I said, I, I feel like we admire each other from afar. So. 100%. Well, I'm so honored to have you here. Can you give everyone a little bit of background into who you are and how you got into like dating coaching and everything you do now? Sure. So um, I was a really early adopter of online dating. Uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you the year, but I, I started in 2001 when nobody did online dating. But I was like, you know, I was a little nerd. I was like, this seems cool. So my background is actually in economics. So what do you do when you're an economist who also enjoys online dating? You start tracking your results in a spreadsheet. And so over the years, I started tracking my results. And initially, I started the spreadsheet so I didn't accidentally write to the same person twice. But then I was like, aha, I can track things in here. If I write to someone, what's the probability he writes back? If he does, what's the probability we're going on a date? Like, what's the conversion rate? And I would make little tweaks here and there to figure out what worked better, you know, length of messages, length of profiles, stuff like that. Then my friends were like, hmm, what are you doing that I'm not? So I started helping them and I loved it. And so on the one hand, I had a job in finance that was... Uh, lack of better words, boring. And on the other hand, I was loving helping friends with online dating. So back in 2011, so over 11 years ago, I quit my job in finance and started my business, A Little Nudge, where I help people with all aspects of online dating, profile writing, pictures, messaging, date coaching, you name it. If it has to do with dating, I do it. <laughs> I love that. And I feel like you're another person. Like every time I talk to somebody who's in this field doing something has turned something about dating into kind of a, a career path or a business, it always starts with how they decided to like help themselves, mm -hmm. you know, or, and then like help the, the people around them that they loved. And so right. I love hearing stories like that. And I'm curious, what 
in 2001 made you say like, oh, like, okay, I'm going to try this thing out? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I, I still remember my first online dating date. It was on J-Date. Uh-huh. And I was, it was over the summer. I was in college and I was doing community theater. And this guy, this is actually very funny. Uh, I won't make it too long-winded, but he took me out for sushi and I love sushi, but he only ate one sushi roll. And like, I know I'm, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty petite, but like, come on, I enjoy more than one sushi roll. So I remember going home hungry. And so crazy enough, I did online dating again years later when I was in Washington, D.C., And I went online and met this guy, long story short, accidentally went out with the same guy again, six years later, took me out for sushi again, ordered one sushi roll roll again. Yeah. I ordered three this time. Forget it. Good for you. Come on. Good for you. you. Thank you. Who, Who paid for the date? Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) I just remember thinking like, ha-ha, I'm ordering three. I will stick it to you. And then I'm like a real nerd. I'm like, ha-ha, I'll chopstick it to you. Anyway. I have a really funny story that I have to share. This happened last night. It's not, it's similar but different. Not necessarily going on the same on, on a date with the same person twice, but I, um, I've re- I recently shared this story on the podcast about like one of the worst dates I've been on where mm-hmm. it was a COVID date. So I went to his apartment and we had mutual friends. So I felt okay doing that. Mm-hmm. And we ended up watching like six or seven episodes of this show. That was our date. Like he okay. kept letting it go to like clicking next episode, then like, click, <laughs> like letting it go. And I kept waiting being like, when is like, this is a joke, right? Like, when is he going to stop doing Wait, this? What show was I, it? I don't even remember. <laughs> I literally don't remember. We like ordered food and we're waiting for the food. And we were talking about like what shows we had been watching and stuff. And he like was like, have you seen this show? Like you have to like, let's watch an episode. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll do this. Like a nice little icebreaker while we wait for the food. And I assumed it was just going to be one. And no, no, he literally let six episodes play. And then at the end, he like kissed me goodnight and said he had a great time. I'm like, 
I don't know anything about you. (laughs) Yeah. So anywho, last night, one of my friends who I've been like helping her with her dating life. And we've been like, just talking about like the dates she's going on, the people she's talking to. She said she like saw this guy who she had been talking to like a month ago and the conversation just died out like she like saw him on the street like was curious if he lives nearby was like curious if she should follow up with him and somehow we're like facetiming and i jokingly was like oh like what's his number like what if like let me text him something funny randomly and I'm typing in his number and this guy's name comes up and our old conversation from after that bad date comes up and I'm like, Oh my God. That's amazing. The kicker is that I accidentally FaceTimed him last night. Did he answer? No, I hung up after like three seconds when I realized, but I'm like, okay, this date was like two and a half years ago. I don't even know if he has my number saved or if he saw like a lot of done pop up and was like, what is happening? Anyway, it was hilarious. I almost wish he had just answered and you could have been like, oops, sorry. I always thought an accidental FaceTime should be called a butt face. You know, like a oh butt God, dial. I love butt that. Yeah. Anyway, that's funny to I me. In that. my head, I'm a comedian. Outside of my head, not so much. Okay. <laughs> Depends who you're asking. You're your own audience. It's all that matters. Fair. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk to you mainly about texting. I have not done okay. a texting episode since maybe like the third or fourth seeing other people episode. And it's something I get asked about every single day, whether it's yep. like messaging on the app when you match or texting between dates or after dates. There are so many things and like nuances about texting where it's almost mm-hmm. like you have to learn a new language when you start like texting yeah. for dating. Um, so I want to start with messaging on the app. It's funny that I call it messaging on the app rather than texting on the app. Like I think of it as something I call it different. messaging on the app too. Yeah. yeah. You have to break out of the boring, how are you? How's your day? How's your week? Because generally when you start a conversation, and I'll put conversation in quotes in that case, because it rarely leads to an actual conversation. It always gets to, I'm tired, I'm working, I'm doing laundry, I'm working out. It's like, that's fine, but it doesn't really teach you anything about the other person. And it certainly doesn't inspire anyone to want to go on a date. And so I would rather whoever is writing the first message, just take anything, just latch on to one thing in that person's profile. doesn't matter what it is and ask a question about it. So if I see that, I don't know where I'm getting this, but if I see that you have a pet bird, for example, you know, I can ask a question like, does your bird repeat after you when you, you know, say things. And so it doesn't really matter what it is, but make it a subject versus just a generic, how are you? How's your day? Because then you can actually talk about something. 100%. I remember my first message from my now boyfriend, Jake, it was like, hey, how's it going? And then I didn't answer. And then two weeks later, he was like, figured I'd try again. And then he like said like something like, by the way, I love the Jonas Brothers too. Okay. And that's what made me respond. Because I wouldn't exactly. have known that he also loved the Jonas Brothers had he not said that. Just the, hey, so how's it going? That's not going to help. Even though it was very I, boring. Is that why I you don't didn't know. answer? No, okay. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know if I, I saw saw it or didn't see it or like chose to not mm-hmm. answer. I don't know. But then when I like realized that he sent that message, I was like, oh, like that's something I can totally connect with this guy on. I love that. And yes to the Jonas Brothers. Uh, and I also recommend when you're writing your profile, make it really easy for people to find something to latch onto. I call it message bait. 
So you plant a bunch of message bait in there. So like you talk about your love of the Jonas Brothers or crunchy peanut butter or birds, like we were saying, or tennis or whatever the heck, an improv comedy, it doesn't really matter, but plant a bunch of seeds in there. The other person feels brilliant that they've asked you a relevant question, but really you're the brilliant one because you planted it there. Win-win. 100%. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of like the prompts like I won't shut up about and then just mm-hmm. listing things. Great. I love lists on profiles because it gives so many opportunities for people to connect. I completely agree. And that's actually why I tell people, very similar, I tell people to answer um, on Hinge, my simple pleasures. Same yep. thing. You can list a bunch of stuff. You know, I love my coffee with my, you know, Trader Joe's oat milk uh, creamer in Specifics. the morning. Exactly. The more specific, but anyone can say coffee. Anyone can say they like to cook, but not everyone can say they have an espresso machine or they make their grandma's lasagna, whatever it is. Totally. So how long do you advise people to message for before either exchanging phone numbers or moving or like suggesting a date? Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I'm so excited to tell you about their product AG1 that I now use daily. As many of you know, I've been struggling with my health a lot lately. Between tummy issues and my immune system failing me, I've been searching everywhere for a solution. After hearing all my favorite podcasters and influencers share their experiences with AG1, I finally gave it a try and I am so glad that I did. So what is AG1? AG1 is a powder supplement. With one scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I've now gotten all my friends hooked on it, and they're as obsessed as I am. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. The best part is, it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SOP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SOP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, I'm going to backtrack for a second because I give advice that is unique in that I recommend planning the entire date on the dating app before ever exchanging a phone number. Reason being, I know this is morbid, but I call texting the death of the first date because inevitably, once you exchange numbers, either someone just doesn't use it, they never follow up, or it turns into like, How's your morning? How's your night? How's your day? There's no urgency anymore to set up a date or someone says something they shouldn't have. And then you're definitely not going on a date. Now, a lot of people say, but I want to know that before. No, we're not out here to like entrap people. We're out here to get on dates. And so I would recommend planning a date within the first week of matching with someone. So you match on Tuesday. I'd love for you to have a date planned. I'm not saying you have to go out before next Tuesday, but have it planned before next Tuesday. So that way, momentum, momentum is important at the beginning, especially if you're talking to multiple people, and you don't want that to to die. So um, yeah, sooner rather than later, and then I would exchange numbers a day before the date, and say these words, in case you need to reach me tomorrow for anything, my number is blank. That way, it's not, here's my number for you to chit chat me all day. No, none of that. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's really smart. But what if the other person asks, like, what's your number before you've planned the date? Like, just like right off the bat or after a few days of messaging and not talking about a date? You can say something like, rather than rejecting the exchange of the number, you can upgrade it to a date. Like, hey, I'm not much of a texter, but I'd love to plan to meet. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Or I've had people say, um, you know, it kind of like keeps me on track to keep things in here. Or, um, you know, I use my phone for business and personal. I don't like to have too many numbers. So let's just plan on here or just something. And if someone isn't okay with that, so it goes. Or just say, you know, I've had people blow up my phone before. So like, don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not saying you know, this is the end all be all what works for someone doesn't work for someone else. But I have found this is not statistically significant. But 60% of the time, if you exchange numbers, the first date no longer happens. Wow. Yeah. Time and time again, it's just the same story. Like, oh, I never heard from them. Or we planned a date over text, and then they never confirmed. So we didn't go. Or they keep texting me, how's your day, but not asking just time and time again. And so like when I'm managing accounts for clients, which is something I do, um, I, I have a deep sigh every time it does switch to text before I finish planning their date because whatever, mm-hmm. something happens because I know I put in a lot of work and the date might not happen. <laughs> Damn, that's wild. I totally get what you're saying though and why you're saying it and I I see it happen all the time too I guess I've just never thought about how often it does happen and it's one of those things where I feel like it makes the whole process of dating so much more painful because it's like you exchange numbers so you get your expectations up and you get excited and you're hopeful that you're going to go on a date with this person maybe like the date will go well and then the date doesn't even happen yes it's frustrating and I mean yeah how many numbers with the last name Bumble do you need in your phone? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I've seen like all of those TikToks and like reels where it's just like blank Bumble, blank Bumble, blank Bumble, blank Bumble. Blank, right. Blank exactly. Tinder. Exactly. Yeah. I just started changing like a while ago when I was doing it, I started changing names to just like McGillicuddy. I don't know. I was just making up last names at a certain point. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Yeah, I have friends who a lot of friends won't save people's numbers until like a few dates in, which I think is funny, but to each their own. Um, Okay. So in terms of the amount of texting, I know like I, it's kind of like get to the date, like that's the goal. And and I think that's something that's important for everyone to remember. And that's a big point you're making is like, 
you're matching with someone to get on a date. So like Correct. get to that date. But there are some people who are really big texters. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people who are really not big texters. Mm-hmm. Do you think that texting compatibility is a reflection of real life compatibility? Depends on how important texting is to you. So for example, if you're a stickler for proper grammar and punctuation and full sentences, as I am, uh, and the person uses all text speak and no grammar and punctuation, only you know how important that is to you. Some people, it would drive them up a wall. Some people couldn't care less because text is shorthand. And so, um, or let's say someone can't check their phone during the day, but the other person likes to text all day. You just have to figure out how important that is to you. But generally, if you like someone in person, it's easier to compromise on things like that once you know you like that person. Um, Also, back to your other question about getting to the date, you asked, I think you asked about confirming. So I do always recommend confirming a day before. And instead of, are we still on? I would just say, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. It just comes off as a lot more confident. I like that. What are your thoughts on, let's say the confirmation doesn't happen the day before. Mm -hmm. Like I know there are a lot of people, especially women who, when they're dating men feel like he has to confirm, like they will not. And if he doesn't confirm and I hear people saying this all the time, like, Oh, well, if he doesn't confirm by like 11 AM that day, I'm busy. I made other plans. Like, yeah. What is your take on that? My clients say the same thing. And I tell them, yes, we want them to confirm a hundred percent. However, I also don't, I'm protective of my client's time. And so like if they have a date Wednesday night and the person hasn't confirmed by 11 a.m. Wednesday, I don't want them sitting around all day wondering. So I say, just check in and say either what's the plan for tonight or I'm going to assume tonight's not or whatever it is, but don't be so stubborn that you don't even know your own plans. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I have things about time. I really dislike when someone disrespects somebody else's time. And so I would rather you just know your plans. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think there's nothing wrong. Like, yes, it'd be great if they confirmed, but if they haven't yet and you are antsy and you're staring at your phone every minute waiting for them to text you and you're texting all your friends being like, they haven't confirmed, they haven't confirmed. Is this thing still happening? Just text them. Literally Just just text them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're wasting a lot of like brain energy thinking about it when 100%. you could just text. And I always, I always tell people, like, pretend it's me or pretend it's a friend. Let's say yes. you and I have plans tonight at 8 p.m. and you haven't heard from me. Wouldn't you just be like, hey, Erica, what's the plan for tonight? Just pretend it's a friend. And when you do that, it takes so much pressure off. Absolutely. I think the same goes just in general for texting. Like mm-hmm. we put so much pressure and and overthink texting a crush so much. And no. I think the best thing to do is just text as if you were texting your best friend. Exactly. Exactly. Because you build it up so much in your head, but you know, we never know how another person is going to react. And so just say the thing you want to say and they'll react how they do. And right. then, you know, 
Yeah. Instead of like sending five drafts of what you could say to your group chat, having everyone give their opinions, like they're not you and you just have to be you when you're on dates, when you're, it's like, think about any movie where we've seen people have like the earpiece with their friend feeding them what to say (laughs) on the date. Those never go well because they're not being themselves. It's absolutely true. And I always say, if you're thinking it, say it, you know, unless it's something ridiculous, Yes. but, but if you have a question, I mean, if you don't know, ask, like, that's my favorite piece of advice to give. And it sounds like common sense, but the number of questions I get from people, like, I don't know what he meant by this, or I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not him. Ask. Yeah. I can make a guess. What do you mean? Exactly. Like, what do you mean? What yeah, do or you like, mean? Four words. Yeah, what do you mean? Or like often they'll be like, well, they're texting me, but the, they're not asking me out. I don't know. And I say, then you say, I can't tell from our texts if you're looking to meet in person or not. Yeah. It's honest. It's not aggressive. It's just a clarification question. If someone takes issue with you clarifying, we got bigger problems. Absolutely. And another option is like... I'd love to get to know you over drinks. Yes. Over dinner. Absolutely. Over a walk. And just bringing it up. And if they don't want to meet you, they will tell you that. And then boom, bye. It will be abundantly clear. Exactly. If you're not comfortable, I think, look, I advise everyone to ask someone out on a pair of, you know, orientation, male people, whatever. But um, if, if that's not something you're comfortable with, just say, I'm really enjoying our conversation. Should we meet for a drink sometime? Where should we go from here? Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. So let's say the first date happens. Mm -hmm. It goes well in your mind. What happens next? So it's like you see each other in person and and everything's going well. And then you walk away, you get home and you're all you're left with is you and your phone. Yep. (laughs) And it goes back to texting. Yep. Gosh. How do you like continue that chemistry or assess how they felt about the date and and how do you like get to then that second date without starting to overthink, starting to spiral, starting to mm-hmm. second guess everything that happens over text. Cause I feel like there are so many potential connections and yep. relationships that could have been that end up not being because of what happens over text and more so because of how each person is overanalyzing what happens over text. I completely agree. And I have two examples of that that just happened within the last day with two of my clients. Quick examples. One went on a phenomenal date Friday night. Uh, He texted her, I had a great time, can't wait to do it again. She texted him back and agreed. Well, it's Tuesday and she hasn't heard from him. That's confusing. That's number one. Number two is I have another female client went on a different great date Saturday night. He's been blowing up her phone since the date. She's a doctor. She can't text during the day because she's seeing patients all day. And he went on this roller coaster. She forwarded me the text that was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you again to, oh, you must be really busy. If you're not into me, you know, let me know. And she wrote back and she's like, oh my gosh, I just looked at my phone for the first time. Uh, and so it and was you can like, only imagine what's going on in his head. Right. He built this whole story in his head. It's not just women who spiral. Yeah. And so I would say to the extent that you want to see someone again, arrange that date sooner rather than later. So you already have it on the calendar. So all of the texting, at least, you know, there's an end point to it, which is another date. It is not too soon to plan a date 
say even the day after your first date. Go for it. Yeah. Um, if you like someone, don't be shy to tell them that. Like, send a thank you text. Like, I had such a great time last night. Looking forward to doing it again. Sometimes people need encouragement. Uh, sometimes people can't read us. And if they can't read us and don't know if you're going to say yes to another date, they very, very well may not ask because they don't want to be rejected. So it's okay to encourage someone a little bit. For sure. I, I'm thinking back to when I was single and dating, and I feel like I would be so texty and mm -hmm. I would apply so much meaning to mm -hmm. each text because I wanted the validation. I wanted the reassurance that they were going to text me back every time I texted them when all I needed to do was say like, like would love to see you again this week. Like had a great time. Like what night are you free? And just make that plan. Cause the second the plan was made, my, my overthinking brain stopped working overtime. Absolutely. Because if the, if the end goal is a date, once you have that, then texting is just icing on the cake. But when you don't have that yet, I understand why every text is such a big deal. And when you do start to spiral like this guy did with my client, where he went from, I had such a great time to, are you busy to, you're not into me anymore, all in his head. Um, I say, just think to yourself, has anything changed since the last time I talked to this person? Generally, the answer is no, nothing has changed. And so don't worry so much. Nothing. Ha if someone changes their mind on a dime, that's that's on them, right? But if nothing bye has bye. changed since your last interaction, don't worry about it. Now, I know that's easier said than done, and I don't want to diminish the anxiety it causes and the frustration. But when you take a step back and you can be a little bit more rational about it, you realize, okay, yeah, nothing changed. Yeah, that's something that I always would have a friend or two. I mm -hmm. think it's really important to know what friends to go to for what things. And so I had like two friends I would really go to for texting, but one in particular for when I was spiraling. And I, I she's the one I would send screenshots to. I was mm -hmm. never about like having friends help me draft texts. Like I'm super anti that. I think like you really need to like go with your gut and say what you need to say. And like I said, like you have to be yourself. And if your friend mm -hmm. is helping you write your text, yeah. you're not being yourself. That's you have your writer's room. Um, but I would send her the text after the fact and I would like vent to her about what I was thinking and, and what I was overthinking and stressed about and afraid of. And she, every time she'd be like, Lana, nothing changed. Like Lana, he hasn't yes. answered you in two hours, but guess what? Scroll up. You freaked out about this three days ago and he answered and everything was okay. And you had nothing mm -hmm. to worry about and nothing has changed. You had a great date. Nothing changed overnight. He's going to answer. He's just working. And every time she was right. And it was just really helpful to have somebody like that to just like ground me and, and kind of say like, okay, I am in fact overthinking and I am really anxious and that's okay. But I also am being, I'm making this way harder for myself than it needs to be. Yeah. That's a good friend. And yes. <laughs> it's hard when you're in the situation, you can't see anything clearly when you're in it. I, I think, no. I mean, that's why clients like sharing that stuff with me because I'm a, I'm an objective third party. I can say, based on what I've seen from the rest of your text exchange, it's not like based on, you know, what feels good. Based on the yeah. information we have, things are fine. Yeah, exactly. All right. I have a few listener questions and scenarios that I okay. want to get into, and I think they'll help us kind of break into some of the, like, main issues that people are having. So okay. this one's a little bit different, and I, like, 
rarely see things like this, but I know it happens a lot. So um, they were on the app Locks Club, which mm-hmm. you have to pay for monthly. Yep. And this guy, I guess this girl and this guy matched and he just dm'd her on instagram saying hey it's blank from locks i followed you on here since i'm not renewing that app and it's going to expire that was it that was the message well okay first for anyone who doesn't know locks club is like the exclusive j swipe basically it's a jewish dating app that you pay for uh works like most of the others but they also host events and things uh i personally would never advise someone to jump to Instagram um, because build some rapport in the app. And honestly, on most of the apps where you can share your Instagram, I don't recommend it because there is something to be, there's too much information because you know, someone is scrolling back to look at your exes and to look at your friends and to judge you. And so um, I believe that that is too invasive. And what, I don't know how much it is to, to resubscribe to, to locks, but if this person looks that promising, it's worth the $20 or whatever it is. Yeah, I completely agree. And I totally agree with not having your Instagram linked to your app. I, mm-hmm. I think like there, I know some apps will let you link like your Spotify. I think that's great. That's something like Spotify music is, is something you can be passionate about. It can make connections with people over shared like, artists fine. and bands and stuff, but Instagram it's also like you're putting out a lot of people put out such a different version of themselves on Instagram. And it's not necessarily a version that is going to be attractive to someone. I mean, this is something I see all the time with especially like women and dating apps, like they'll send me their dating app photos. And I'm like, look, this is great. If you're trying to make girlfriends, (laughs) this is not going to attract guys who are going to want to date you by any means. Like these are not the right types of pictures. And so I think if you're kind of letting someone see those things, like you might be giving off the wrong impression. Um, Or just, you know, Instagram, people opt in to follow you because they they want to. You haven't given someone the option yet. Like they're sort of bombarding you. (laughs) Yeah. And I want people to be able to share information when they're ready to share information. So I actually don't have clients exchange last names. I know they're Googling phone numbers, whatever, fine. But I would rather you just get to know someone on the date. And even the question, like someone asked me on a call right before this, like, what if someone asks about past relationships on the first date? No, don't talk about past relationships on the first date. Because same thing. I want you to share that information when you're comfortable sharing that information. And it's the same thing. Like, do you want to be judged based on your past or do you want to be judged based on your present? I would say present. Yeah. Definitely. And with this Instagram thing, like, I think this guy, I know this is just one example, but I think there's just such a better approach. Like, okay, if your, your membership is going to expire and you're not renewing, fine. Message them on the app and say like, Hey, super random. Like, you know, this, I haven't had much success on the app, so I'm going to let my membership expire. Like maybe this is one last chance to prove that that's wrong. Like I'd love to connect with you and see where it can go. Yes. That's what I would have recommended doing. Yeah, like I I think going to Instagram or asking someone for their Snapchat or anything like I think it just shows how not serious and not mature you are. I I don't know. I don't know if I can make that conclusion, but it all it means to me is this person wants to see more pictures. And it's like if you've given yeah. them the number of pictures that the site allows, hinge 6, 
That's enough pictures. Yeah. You can see what somebody looks like with six pictures. That's why they want to see the Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, we have a question that says, me and this guy were texting for a month before we were able to meet up, and I was so sure that we had such an intense connection. We seemed to get along so well. The conversations always flowed, and he was really easy to talk and connect with. I was so excited to finally meet him, but the date felt pretty awkward. Was it a fluke? Should I give it another chance? So this definitely goes back to like assessing chemistry over text versus yeah. in person. And I think this is like one of the biggest downfalls of modern dating is when your textual chemistry doesn't textual, translate to real life chemistry. Um, so yeah. what are your thoughts on this? Um, texting can definitely, definitely create a false sense of intimacy and people are more likely to share personal things over text than they are in person because you can't see the other person's reaction. And so I would recommend if you can meet sooner than that. And if you can't maybe try a FaceTime or most of the dating apps have a video function in there. Video is not perfect. It's, but it's a decent proxy for meeting someone in person or just set up the date and text minimally until the date, because I don't want you having this false sense because if your expectations are that high, there's a high chance you're going to be disappointed and I don't want that for anyone. Yeah. I think every single time I texted somebody for a long time, I'm a big texter. So I can tell the more, the better for me. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I'll text all day and night if I can with like somebody that I like sure. or like uh, have a crush on. And I think every single time when there was a huge focus on texting, it didn't work out very quickly because I think I felt like a different level of comfort over text versus in person. Absolutely. I started, I started to think like I created this, this human in my mind of like who they were based on our texts. And then in person, it was totally different. And I think even like, there are a lot of friendships that I had like that, like throughout college too, <laughs> like with guys specifically where like, we were such good friends. Like they were like my best friends, but like, we rarely talked in person or hung out in real life. We just communicated over text, which people is are, so yes, weird. People are different over text. You have more time to think over text. So you can maybe be yeah. funnier. Whereas in person, you know, it's all on the spot. So maybe you're actually not that quick or, you know, sarcasm. You can't really read over text, but some people are very sarcastic in person. And so it's, yeah, I wouldn't text for too long. And, and, you know, it's disappointing. Now, could it have gone the other way and it was a, a great connection? Of course, sure. Um, as for whether to go on a second date or not, that's totally up to you. I would say if there's any curiosity, it can't hurt to go on a second date. Maybe you were both nervous. Maybe your expectations were both so high that nothing could have made the first date amazing. So I probably would try again. People always say things like, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to I hate the expression of wasted time. First of all, I don't know about you. I plan on living a lot longer, right? So what is time? We all have lots of time. If another hour out of your life is required to see if you like someone, that's not a waste, even if the answer no. is no. Yeah, because also you're learning. You're learning what you don't like about them or what you don't like about who you are with them. And that's mm -hmm. so important. Absolutely. And if you spent... You, you spend a month texting this person. You can go on a second date and see I totally if there's agree. anything there. Think of all of the hours spent texting. That's way more <laughs> than one date's worth. Yes, without a doubt. And I know, I know sometimes it's been hard, like, especially over the last like two and a half years with like COVID and, you know, sometimes like 
we're sick or we're quarantining for different events or to protect different people that we're living with or whatever. Like, I think one thing, and obviously like this is one situation that worked out for me, but when Jake and I, we, we initially matched on hinge in January and Mm -hmm. we started texting and he asked me to get drinks. And I said, this is going to sound fake, but I literally can't for six weeks. Like I, my roommates and I agreed that like, we're not going to see anyone except for each other because Mm -hmm. we're all going home to our parents frequently. Mm -hmm. So I can't until like the second week of February, but I'll reach back out when it gets closer. And yeah, he may have thought he was never going to hear from me again. And maybe in some cases he wouldn't have, but I followed up and I reached back out the first week of February and I was like, okay, I can go on a date next week if you're still up for it. And I think that we would not have worked out had I kept texting him for the entire month of January. I, who knows, but you did the right thing because your attention could, was elsewhere and that was good. Um, I will say too, I like how honest you were with him on the app that you wouldn't be communicating for a little while because sometimes you're having a a really nice conversation with someone on one of the apps and then they disappear sometimes this happens all the time they just poof disappear what never to be heard from again and it's like we were having a nice conversation if you're in the middle of an actual conversation with someone and you're leaving town you decide you're not a match anymore you decide to take a break from the app just remember that there is another person at the other end who's wondering, what did I say? What did I do wrong? And so it's never a bad idea to over-communicate. Totally. I mean, I've had people message me who like, we had a date planned and they've been like, this is really awkward. And like, I hate to send this text, but like I did meet somebody and I really want to like see it through. And like, I'm like, I was looking forward to meeting you, but I want to give this a real shot. And I'm like, wow, I have so much respect for you. And like, this person is lucky because you're like mature and can communicate and like, mm-hmm. thank you for letting me know. And so like yeah. I sent that text when things w- were working out with Jake and I wanted to cancel other dates and just like, there are such simple little things that we can do to make dating easier for everybody else. Absolutely. Or I so respect if someone says, you know, I just realized I'm not actually ready to be dating yet, but I wanted yeah. to thank you for your time. Oh my gosh, such respect. One other thing about texting, and I know this comes up all the time, the the kind rejection text, okay? If someone makes themselves vulnerable to you, and when I say that, I mean basically asks you out again, yes, I do believe you are obligated to answer them. Too many people read the text, oh, I don't want to go out again, and then just delete it. That's just not nice. I try to preach, you know, kindness, and it doesn't take just put a template in your notes on your phone. It's not like it takes like writing the next great American novel to write, you know, hey, thanks again for your time. Enjoyed meeting you. Just didn't feel the connection I'm looking for, but wish you the best. Just didn't feel the romantic spark, but wish you the best. Thanks for teaching me about blank, whatever. What? That took me five seconds to spout off and it saved someone hours of frustration and wondering. And confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Have you ever been okay. ghosted and really oh. confused? I assume yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah, same. Uh-huh. Who has? I don't know anyone who has I it. don't either. And it's just, you know, the person makes up in their mind. They're like, oh, I'm sparing you. No, you're not. You're sparing no, yourself. you're not. Yeah. Like you're sparing yourself the like 30 seconds of discomfort. But guess what? You're like causing this person way more harm than if you could just write that text and like set them free. Exactly. Exactly. They can at least move on now. 
Yeah, that actually does lead into the next um, question I have from a listener. It says, I've gone on four dates with this guy and things have been going really well. I've questioned some things throughout the time, but in general, it's seemed pretty good. I do feel like he's starting to slow fade me over text. How can I tell if someone is doing this or if they're just busy? Should I start slow fading him back or should I end it before he does? What do you think? (laughs) I say ask. So I would not match that energy because that just seems a recipe like a recipe for disaster. I would not end it before he ends it. What? You have to have the last word. I would just say, hey, am I sensing a weird vibe from you lately? That's it. You know, I've noticed our texts are, uh, are, are slower than they used to be. I was just wondering what's up. So you're not saying you did this. You did that. It's here's what I see. And I want to ask about it. It's not accusatory. It's a clarification question. I always recommend asking. Yeah. And, and the good thing about that approach is that that's giving them the option and the opportunity to either, if they were doing a slow fade and, you know, they were planning on either ghosting or send uh, and maybe in a week sending that rejection text, whatever it was, then they can just say it right there. Like, you know, like you're right. Like I did, sorry if I made that too obvious, but like I have been thinking and I'm just not feeling it anymore. Or they could be like, no, like, I'm so sorry. Like did not Mm -hmm. mean for it to come off like that. I'm super busy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, most people don't want to ask because they know what the answer might be and they're afraid to get that answer. And so they think if I don't ask, I'll keep what I have. I'll keep the status quo, even though it's not up to my standards. I would rather you ask and not keep the status quo. Because like you said, the person can answer however they want. But it's better to know. Yeah, it's always better to know. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with like, don't match that energy. Because then what, like you're just both going to half answer each other and wait three hours. And then you're, you're just like extending the anxiety and stress of this situation when like like, you could just solve it what a silly game like yeah I just don't understand that game I don't know I'm a very fast texter in every regard business personal whatever and I've had clients who are like well they waited three hours should I wait three hours no if you're at your phone just text back this is so silly yeah exactly exactly all right This was an email I actually got a few weeks ago that I am really excited to talk about because it's something that I haven't heard um, people really discuss. Um, The email says, will you please cover a topic I haven't seen discussed yet on the dating app topics? I often run into men being too comfortable telling me information. One match told me his father was on the verge of dying and me talking to him made him feel better. I just matched with a guy who also told me of a person who it was their one year anniversary of their death and he sent me a picture of where she died. I've often been told I'm easy to talk to, but there's definitely a line that needs to be drawn. I have no idea what to say back anymore when this happens. It makes me feel uncomfortable and it's too much. I hope this message gets to you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Do you have thoughts? I definitely have thoughts. I definitely feel for this person Yeah. because that's a really tough situation to be in. And I have definitely found myself in situations where I feel like people are kind of opening up to me in a way that is super unexpected and uncalled for given our relationship to that point where Mm -hmm. is usually no relationship, but it's also a really tough thing to kind of navigate because clearly this person needs someone to talk to and Mm -hmm. 
they're hurting. And so you don't want to make the situation worse by just like not answering or telling them like, Hey, go talk to someone else about this. But yeah, I mean, just, I think, I, I don't know any situation where people like how, how people think it's okay to be doing that. Yeah. And it sounds like it's on the app. So before they've even yeah. met in person, on the one hand, it's a compliment that people clearly feel comfortable sharing. On the other hand, it's way too much information. It's way over sharing. And it does make you question either one, like, why is this person telling me? Or two, does this person just go around sharing everything with everyone? Because that's not necessarily a, a great quality either. So uh, I would probably, I would definitely answer but I would say, you know, so, you know, be kind. I'm sorry to hear you're going through that. You know, the thing you would say to your friend. But then something like, you know, I'd love to get to know you, um, you know, separate and apart from this, if if you're comfortable with that. Or, you know, I that sounds that sounds really intense. I hope you have someone great to talk to. Um, yeah. You know, I you know I think everyone can benefit from therapy. So if they're not already talking to someone, I hope they do. Something like that. So it's not dismissive, but it's more like it's not appropriate for this time and place, but thank you. Yeah. Do you think that somebody sharing stuff like this on an app like is a red flag? Who am I to say? I don't know. I mean, it really yeah. depends. I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, that's I mean, a fair answer because I'm also like, I don't like saying that something is definitively a red flag or not because I think it, it's so situational and like we don't have all the information, but I just wonder, like, I don't know that this is somebody I would be like, oh, I should go out on a date with them. I don't know. But, I would say a red flag is if someone talks about someone in their life really negatively, you know, yes. I, I've certainly been on dates in the past where someone... Um, sort of bashed an ex-partner. And that's a red flag because one, why are they just sharing that willy-nilly? And two, are they going to talk about me like that one day? You know, so so that's a red flag. If someone's sad one day because it's a one-year anniversary of someone dying, maybe they should not be on the app that day. But is it a red flag that they share it? I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's so interesting. I mean, it's so hard to assess like why someone's saying what they're saying, like why people do the things they do. But yeah, I mean, I think I think your approach and and your advice there is is yeah. kind of exactly what you can do and in a kind way. Um, right. I mean, I'm not so quick to jump to this is a red flag. I think a lot of people yeah. and a lot of dating coaches are like, no, that, oh, that. there are so few absolutes in life you know? And so it's important to look at the big picture. I also think people are trying to assess people a little too quickly. Like I even posted something today um, about on a dating app, someone said they started the conversation, but do you want kids? And it's like, oh my God, how about hello? Happy Monday, you know? And it's like, I get it. You're trying to assess your compatibility with someone, but is it a quote waste of time, which you know, I hate, to have a little nicety in there to try to see if you have one sentence of rapport. I don't think that's a waste because even yeah, if the I person act- was aligned 
with what the other person wanted, that's awfully pushy. Yeah, and it's like, dude, I, I don't think coming right out of the gates like that is is a good approach at all. I actually had written down that you had posted that today and like wanted to talk <laughs> about it because I'm all for figuring out deal breakers as early as you can, but there is such a thing as too early. I mean, that's just a, like you're starting, it's like when people start conversations with, so, no, we're not in the middle of a conversation. So none of this, but do, but what? Yeah. Also, keep in mind, like you have your filters set on the app. So theoretically, you're probably matching with people who either also want kids or also don't want kids. Yeah. And you can have that idea in your head and then go into the date and bring it up. Or not. On the date. You can like each other first because it's a moot point if you don't. Like people are so concerned about, do we both want this? And do we have these values? And and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you laugh on the date? Did you have fun? Were your jokes well-received? Was the person kind? I do not care. If, uh, if you both have the same values about like money and uh, whatever, whatever, if you can't even laugh. Yeah. Figure out if you want to go on a second date with them first before figuring out if you need to figure out all of these things. They're going to be them, like but... the, the new parent to your child, like, you know, one step at yeah. a time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are ways to do it where, yes, it's important to figure these things out, but I think there is. a a softer approach like what I liked to do on dates and it wasn't like I was setting out to like find this answer but I always like we would start talking about like how we grew up like where we grew up and how we grew up and you know like I had siblings and somehow sometimes that would lead into like how many kids we want and like where we would want to raise our kids or like how and those conversations would just come naturally from talking about like how we grew up and so it's not even like I was set, setting out to find out, do they want kids or how many kids do they want? But in talking about certain topics, conversations like lead to a place where you are able to kind of figure something out about someone. I don't know. I've never had that kind of conversation on a first date. Uh, I really? like to keep it really light. Yeah, I, I would love a first date where someone comes out of it saying, I don't even know what I learned about that person, but I laughed so hard. You I know, love like, that. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't need to know about their whole family. I don't know. I, I would save that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I think, and I don't know if I was necessarily doing it on first dates, no, you know, but course. like at, at some point, like those conversations would happen like naturally, as opposed to me saying like, so how many kids do you want? Like, do you want kids? Where do you want to raise your kids? You know, it was kind of my point. Right. And I also wonder, you know, could that answer change based on who you decide to be with? Because if everything, if you're trying to rule people out, rule people in based on this stuff, it's so like finite. But what if with yeah. the right person, someone might change how many children they want, for example, or whether they live in a city or not in a city. So it's not always a decision that's in a vacuum. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I have one final question for you. And this is my favorite question to ask. Okay. What is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Received? Or given? Received or given? Um, well, received. My dad is really funny. Um, he is he calls me with actual dad jokes. Um, oh my god. And he decided when I was like in my mid-20s, he thought I was being too picky, which whatever. So he goes, Erica, he was just being silly, but he said, 
all men go bald and have earwax. I don't know where he got the earwax thing, but I just, it struck me as so funny. Just like, yeah, everyone's got stuff, whatever. So I don't know if that's the best piece of advice, but it was certainly memorable. I love that. No, it is so true because it's like we put so much pressure on like how somebody looks like think about it like I know we try and encourage people like to read people's prompts and and all Mm -hmm. that but like at the end of the day like people are looking at photos on apps and they're not going to look like that in 10 20 30 years well it's just like exactly and and you know how about all the other stuff um as far as best advice I've given I probably you know I already said this as we were talking it's so simple but if you don't know ask um so, so you know, you get what you allow. I end up saying that a lot to people, like a lot of people will complain to me, but, but he or she or whatever, you know, didn't do this thing. And I'll be like, did you tell them you want that thing? Well, no, I'm like, no one's a mind reader. So you get what you allow. Yeah, totally. And that, that kind of lines up with my piece of advice that I've gotten, which is something my mom told me, if you don't ask, you don't get. And it's the same thing. Like, Somebody doesn't know that it's that like if they don't, you need them to confirm plans. Like even if you're in a relationship, you need to plan in advance. Like they don't know that unless you tell them. Well, that's true in life. In life. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, people ask me sometimes, how do you always get what you want? And I say, because I ask for it. Like I'm fine with not getting it, but I, I mean, I can picture this vividly. I was at, this is so many years ago. I was at Einstein Bagels. Okay. And I, I love I got, it already. I, I got a bagel with locks because, you know, me. Duh. And it was like one measly piece of locks on there. And I'm sure most people would have been like, that's so cheap. And then like Rip complained. Off. But I was yeah. like, excuse me, this is a very measly amount of locks. Um, could you please put another two pieces on here? And they did, and I left. Yep. There that's you it. Go. That's all it took. That's all it took. Yeah, that that something like that piece of advice is something my mom told me growing up. I started kind of applying it to my life in high school. It ended up getting me into the specific program I wanted at the college I went to that they initially rejected me from. Amazing. And I said, well, I'm only going to the school if I get into this program. And my mom's like, well, then let's walk into admissions and tell them to reconsider you. And I'm like, no, that's crazy, mom. Like, what they're going to like, look at me like I have 10 heads. And she's like, well, if you don't ask, you don't get. Do you want to go here or no? And I was like, okay. So we did. And I reapplied and they accepted me. And since then, it's been like what I live by. Yeah, it's, it's true in life. I mean, not to like get deep or anything, but I also believe like you make your own happiness. So, you know, this all comes with it. Why am I happy? Because I have the things I want. Why do I have the things I want? Because I went and got them. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in dating, act with sort of a victim complex, like the world is happening to them. But just like anything in life, dating takes work. You know, you're not going to, no one is knocking, you know, prince or princess or, or, you know, whoever charming is not going to knock on your door just while you're sitting here in your pajamas. You know, everything takes work. And- it's interesting to me because, you know, let's say you lose your job, you need to apply for a new one, you put together a resume, you probably maybe have someone read the resume or hire someone, then you submit it to all these jobs, and then you interview, and then you like some and you don't like some, and you're not just going to be like, well, guess working's not for me, you know, so why with dating do people think it should come so easily? I would say that's an even more, you know, important decision. Yeah. 
100 100 percent erica thank you so much for being here oh, this so has fun. been an absolute pleasure where can everybody find you well on instagram i am at a little nudge i'm pretty much everywhere at a little nudge my website a little nudge. um we don't produce them anymore but my podcast is called so we met online it's still available to listen to and um and yeah all my info is it's easy enough to find erica dating coach you'll find me you'll find her erica e-r-i-k-a no C there. We got the K in there and at a little nudge. I'll link all that in the show notes. Erica, thank you again so, so much. And to everyone who tuned in, definitely, definitely follow Erica. Her content is amazing. And don't forget to share this on your Instagram story. If you loved it, tag a little nudge, tag seeing other people, give a five-star rating and review and send it to a friend, send it to a group chat. That is the greatest thing you can do in support of the show. And we will see you next time.